You are listening to World Harvest Church's weekly podcast. WHC is a cross-cultural church with passion for reaching the lost and hurting. We are mission-minded and committed to raising up generations of mighty men and women of God. If you're in the Atlanta area, check us out on Sunday mornings at either 9 or 11.15 a.m. or on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. From wherever you're listening, we hope this week's message empowers you to grow and go. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord has made. And we will rejoice. We will rejoice. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. It is truly a blessing to be with you this morning. I sure love your pastors, Pastor America and Linda Hofton. I just, they are true champions in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, I say that sincerely. They are such encouragers, which he just shared about shortly about what I walked through. I really didn't want to live. You know, I don't, I don't wish it on my enemies when that, something like that happens, you know. But I love Pastor Merrick and Linda so much because they just stood with me with a handful of other people. They say, you're going to make it. God hasn't changed his plan for your life, you know. And um, you just need a few um, what I call crazy faith people to stand with you in life. Hallelujah. <laughs> you, know, you know, to um, just lead you on and help you and kind of encourage you to move forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I just sure love this church. It's been a wonderful, uh, I came to the gala, you know, loved it. Loved to just see everybody dress up and, and the heartbeat of the church. Um, you know, this church, I was sharing it in the first service. This church truly does remind me of our church, Victory Christian Center, Victory Church now. And uh, Pastor Billy Joe In fact, we were just having a little uh, something to drink and me, uh, eat earlier. And I said, you know, what I love about this church is this is really the exact same pattern of a church as I grew up in when I first came to the Lord, you know. And uh, when I... Uh, you know, just to see the heartbeat for nations, to see the heartbeat for, you know, domestic and international, global missions and all that. And when it's running into the heart of the pastors, it spreads throughout the saints. Hallelujah. How many have a heart for the nations? Yeah. Glory to God. Praise God. That's wonderful. And it's, it's a great, you know, I'll tell you what. You are blessed to be in a church that has this kind of heartbeat. Because nowadays... <laughs> You know, you know, most of the churches are still closed, first of all. <laughs> Hello. And then the other ones that opened up, all it is is just about, you know, having a little click, so to speak. And I'm not, I love the church. I think church is a sacred place. But sometimes we have to be real by looking at, okay, is, am I in a place you are, by the way, that has God's heartbeat. And missions is God's heartbeat. Yeah. So when Pastor Merrick asked me to come and share this morning, you know, he says it's going to be focused on mission. I said, well, you don't know. You know, I mean, that's my heartbeat. I'm just going to come and um, drop a bomb in this place and leave and let him pick up the rest of it. <laughs> you know, but, you know, <laughs> hallelujah. No. Praise God. Let's pray. And allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in here in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be again with you again, Lord, in this wonderful church, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the finished work of the cross through our Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, have your way here. Do what you are good at and what you do best transform us, touch us, fill us, heal us, deliver us, and don't leave us the same as we came in this place in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I give you praise and honor, Holy Spirit, for what you're about to do here in Jesus' mighty name. And we all say amen and amen. Hallelujah. I want to, I know she stood up, but I want to introduce you, my beautiful wife, Angela, stand up. She is just a blessing to me. She's come alongside, and she just, you know, I was sharing it at the first service. You know, she says, you know, I got up this morning. We were having a little coffee. And she says, you know, Cameron, you're just the best preacher there is. I said, come on, bring it on, honey. Bring it on. 
you know, you need a wife like that. You know, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Anyway, she's a major, major blessing. I also want to recognize a couple of great friends I, I did this morning. They're staying for the second service. Gary and Carolyn Cooper, they're dear family members, really. I'll call them family. Hallelujah. Praise God. They, um, their daughter came and went to school, Bible school, in Brother Jerry's Bible school years ago when I first met, their, met them, her and them. And then uh, Gary decided to come to go to school. And I began to, the Spirit of God came on me. And I told Carolyn, Carolyn, you need to go. She wasn't planning on going. I said, you need to go. And she literally heated it. And boom, both of them went to school together. And she's standing right next to him, standing alongside of him and just preaching together. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Their wonderful testimony of their family is just amazing. Glory to God, you know. You can look at somebody's family and you can tell a lot about where they stand. Hallelujah. I had their daughter and son-in-law at our place just a few weeks back with like five of their eight kids. And they're all their own kids, okay. Five of their eight kids. And we had a revival in our little home place. I tell you. They played their ukulele and, uh, and sang and worshiped song. I said, man, and I videoed it, you know. And I said, man, the anointing of God showed up. Glory to God. So wonderful to have you all with me and staying for the second service. Thank you. Praise God. So are you ready for the message this morning? Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. How late do we go till this time? I don't want to go overstep my one. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. I went over a little bit last time. He spanked me in the back and no, nah, he didn't. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> you know, I mean, don't, you know, I mean, he you know, he can get mean. No, he, there's not a mean bone in him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to go with me to Isaiah chapter 51. And uh, this is obviously missions week. And, you know, I was praying. I had some um, direction from the Lord, several different directions from the Lord as far as what he would have me share. And, uh, and this morning when I woke up, I mean, as soon as I opened my eyes, bam, I just knew that Spirit of God just, as soon as, Holy Spirit is just wonderful, isn't he? I tell you, I couldn't do it without the Holy Spirit. Neither can you, by the way. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, do you realize the third person of the Trinity, Holy Spirit is the only person of the Trinity that's on the planet Earth? Jesus is with the Father in heaven. Holy Spirit is here on the earth. But most churches don't give Holy Spirit a New York second in every service. They want to rush through their own deal and program and they don't even give the Holy Spirit a minute. And the Spirit of God wants to touch us. He wants to change us. He wants to impart into us. And if the, you know, when you allow those Holy Spirit to be Lord, then there's freedom that follows. Glory to God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom hallelujah so go with me to isaiah 51 so the spirit of god just dropped this bomb in my spirit this morning and says this is the direction i want you to go and i believe this is going to be a word directly to you uh, concerning this week and concerning the heartbeat of the church and as a mission church mission week so to speak so isaiah 51 verse 1 he says listen to me you who follow after righteousness, listen to me, he says. You who follow after righteousness. How many follow after righteousness in this place? Amen. So he's talking to you. You who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the hole of the pit from which you were dug. I was reading this this morning and the Lord said to me, he says, Kevin, do you remember the hole that I dug you from and he just hit me that how many of you have ever been in a pit before and he dug you out of that one amen and we all have experienced that but you know the thing that the, he you know when I saw that I saw something really powerful in that it says never forget where you came from See, when you always recognize where he got you out of, what he got you out of, and where you were and where you are now, you'll keep a humble spirit and you'll keep on tracking with him. Hallelujah. It's always good to do a checkup from, you know, where he dug you from. Glory to God. He says, look to Abraham, verse 2. 
the fa- your father and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Notice, as soon as the blessing came on the scene on Abraham, he increased. Even though he was alone. See, the power of the blessing always brings increase. Amen. And we're going to look at the life of Abraham today. I believe with all my heart like this, you know, I said Abraham was a powerful missionary. He's one of my heroes in the Bible. I got many heroes in the Bible, but he's one of those that God really has spoken to me through his life. And, um, and we're going to look at this God story, what I call it the God story, okay, of what God can do with a person who is willing to yield and obey. Okay, and he wants to do that through you. What you're about to hear, he wants to do it with you. You may be like a younger person right now. You may be like Abraham, 75. When God spoke to him, he was 75 years old. Okay, and uh, so it doesn't matter what age bracket you fall into. God's not finished with you. As long as you're breathing, God wants to do something with you. Let me see a hand to those that are breathing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, the rest of you will pray for your, you know. No. He said, verse 3, for the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Notice, when the blessing shows up, the next thing you know, the Wilderness turns into a garden of the Lord. It turns into Eden. Amen. And this is what God is telling Abraham. was asking us to look to Abraham. He's saying to us, look what I did with Abraham. And then he says this. I want to do the same thing with you. Are you willing to cooperate with me? Are you willing to let me do a work in you and through you? And before, and I remember my pastor, Billy Joe, in those early days, I heard him say this throughout the years many times. He says when he was a younger preacher, he was doing a, you know, some kind of a youth camp by a lake somewhere in Minnesota, I think it was. And he said that. He says, he, you know, he went into the trees and he said this. He says, you know, Lord, I just want to do this for you and do that for you and all this stuff. And he did some amazing things. And, you know, everywhere you go around this globe, Everybody knows about the work Billy Joe Doherty has done. I'm not kidding you. Okay. But the Lord said something to him. He says, Billy Joe, at this point, I want you to understand what I'm doing in you is more important than what you can do for me. If I don't do what I need to do in you, you can't do what I've called you to do for me. Did you get that? Hallelujah. And I believe what God wants to do in us today is to do a heart change and a refocus and take us to another level so we can really capture God's heartbeat. Because God's heartbeat is the nations. God's heartbeat is People out there who have never heard the gospel. Not they heard it and they turned it down. I'm talking about, you know, like the 1040 window. Basically, there's a globe right here. The 1040 window is anywhere from like right here, go all the way up, go all the way to Far East and everything like that. All the Middle East and everything. You know, third, the three of the largest, most demonic religions in the world are in the 1040 window. Okay. Two-thirds of the world's population lives in the 1040 window. I want you to get this. Yet 50% of those, that population of all those three different religions have never heard the name of Jesus. I'm not talking about they heard and rejected him. No, they have never heard the name of Jesus. So we got work to do. Are you with me? And what God did with one man, Abraham, he says when he called him, he called him alone. 
And he says, look to him. And we're going to look to Abraham today. And he's going to, I believe God, what God's going to do, he's going to capture your heart. And deposit an anointing, a, a vision in you, maybe from a different perspective. Maybe you never looked at the life of Abraham as a missionary. But I want you to see something, what God's going to do with you. It's going to be the fire of God touching your life today. Where it's going to not only transform you, but everywhere you go, you're going to set places on fire for God. Hallelujah. And that's what it's all about. People ask me, how do you minister to Muslims? I say, passion. It's not like we have a different gospel. No, I just get on fire, stand on the stage, burn, and let everybody come watch me. Hallelujah. I get behind the camera and begin to burn for Jesus. And people say, man, this guy, he's either got something. I mean, he's got something we don't, we don't have. Seriously. God wants to do something with you like that. Regardless of your background, your your. Your messes that you have walked through. Maybe you're in the midst of something right now that you say, man, my life is over. No, it's not. It's never over. Until the lady sings. And I can't, I'm not going to be in this politically correct world. I'm not going to say the fat lady sings. <laughs> I just did, you know. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. For the Lord will comfort Zion. Zion is the church. He will comfort all her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. And look at this. As a result of this, joy and gladness will be found in it, in the Eden. Hallelujah. Joy and gladness. I like to say it this way. If your Christianity doesn't have joy and gladness, you got the wrong message. True. If you don't have ha-ha-ha bubbling up out of your belly every single day on purpose. Do you realize, you know, we are to love on purpose, right? Unconditional love. We love on purpose. Do you know you can joy on purpose? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy. You can do it on purpose. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, Brother Cameron, you just don't know what I've gone through. No, brother, sister. You just don't know your covenant. Now, you need us to come alongside you just like he did with me. They did with me, praise God, to encourage you on, to help you get up. Thank God for friends like that, that don't abandon you when you're going through hell and back. I found out who my real friends were. And I hope they're watching. They're not my friends anymore. <laughs> Maybe they accidentally kind of bumped by to see what this guy's doing now. I really found out who my friends were through this, these times. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Joy and gladness will be found in it, in the Eden. And thanksgiving and the voice of melody. And then he says, listen to me, my people, and give ear to me. Oh, my nation, for law, for law will proceed from me, and I will make my justice rest as a light of the people. See, what he's talking about, he says, he says I'm going to do something in you that this work that I've done in you is going to be like a light to the people or to the nations or the translations say. See, God's heartbeat is this. He wants to do something in you so you can with him can do something to other people, for other people. I like to say it this way. I'm, how many like all your problems to be solved? Seriously. Let me see the hands. How many people like to have see your, see your problem? I'm, I'm going to give you the answer to it in a second. Let me see the hand of those that want to see the problem solved. Amen. You know what? Here's the key to all your problems being solved. Forget about yourself. 
If you forget about yourself, all your problems will be solved. Don't blame the devil. He's defeated. You hear me? So what God wants us to do over here, what he's saying, he says, look to Abraham. He says, listen to me, my people, and give ear to me, O my nation, for law will proceed from me, and I will make my justice rest as a light of the people. My righteousness is near. My salvation has gone forth. And my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands will wait upon me, and my and on my arm they will trust. And verse 6. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Now here's where your answer comes from. If we keep our eyes on heaven, then we'll know what to do on earth. If you're trying to look for your answer on earth, you'll never find your answer. But if you get your answer directly from him, the source of life. Life himself. Hallelujah. Amen. For the heavens will vanish away. Now watch this. And uh, with, with uh, like a smoke. The earth and um, the old earth will grow old like a garment. And those who dwell in it will die like in like manner. But my salvation will be forever. And my righteousness will not be abolished. Now, what he's saying is this. He says, basically, in a nutshell, he says, my salvation will be forever. He says, everything is going to pass away. But what's going to remain is the impact you will have on people with your life and with what God has placed with you, to you, with you in your life, in your trust, where other people's salvation is concerned. See, salvation is not just about you. You're part of it. Okay? Salvation, really God saved you so you can, he can use you to save other people. I was the first one in my family that came to Christ. And then he used me not only to impact my family, but now to begin to impact the nation. 82 million Farsi-speaking Iranians. Are you with me? And I believe with all my heart. Iran will be saved. Is being saved right now. Glory to God. But the key about it is I see it. God gave us a strategy. Gave us a plan. But the thing about it is this. I like to say it this way. See, I'm a man of faith. I preach on faith. I was raised from right underneath the best of the best in the faith camp. Brother Copeland, Brother Jerry Seville, Billy Joe Doherty, T.L. Osborne, or Roberts, all those. Kenneth Hagan. And what have you, right? But here's what I've discovered lately. The Lord has really began to speak to me. He says, Cameron, your faith was not given to you for you. It was given to you for others. I'm going to let that settle. Most people focus their faith on themselves. And I'm not saying that you don't, you just forget about yourself. You just gonna, don't have everything, anything, and just, you know, you be sick, broken, disgusted, but then help other people. No, you can't do anybody uh, good like that. But I'm telling you the very key to the way the world operates, that they try to get everything for themselves. God is saying, my way is different than your way. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, okay? And my way is this way. He says, use your faith for others and it will, the seed you sow like that will come back to you multiplied. Are you with me? Your faith is a seed. And the best example we have in the Bible, Abraham, our father of faith, okay, where he was alone, God called him. And we're going to look at his life a little bit here quickly. Go with me to um, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. He says, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Amplified Bible says it this way. The Lord said to Abram, go for yourself. Notice the first thing that God said to Abram was go. He didn't say Sit. He said, go. Go. 
But here's the thing. He says, I love the amplifier. He said, go for yourself. And then amplifier says, for your own advantage. So your going brings an advantage to you. The very thing the world is dying to get by spending their life in a selfish life will come to you when you go. When your life becomes all about going. Do you hear what I'm saying here? I hear some gears turning right now when I look at some faces right now. Well, how can I go? I've got kids. Uh-oh, I think I ring somebody's bell. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at your wife or husband. But listen. God said, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. His way, his kingdom is different than the way the world operates. Pastor Village Authority used to say this. He says, most of the world thinks about get all you can, can all you can get, and then sit on the can. But God's kingdom says, give all you can and all these things will be added to you. And the purpose of your heart, your life, when it comes, when the focus changes from self to others, seriously, the very thing that self always desires to get for itself will be added to you. But it's a hard change. It's not, okay, well, I'm going to do that. Well, yeah, it starts with that decision that you're going to do that. But God's going to do a work in you so he can do a work through you. It's a hard change. It's changing our heart from a self-centered, self-focused, selfish mindset to the mindset of Christ. In fact, the scripture a few days ago kept coming up in my spirit. I didn't share it in the first service. But I, kept, I woke up one morning, I kept hearing this. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ also. What was on Jesus' mind? Think about that. You and I. But he didn't want to stop with you and I. He wants this world. And you know how he does that? He's got a plan. You are part of the plan. We are part of the plan. We've got to do our part by cooperating with him, cooperate. Two of us working together to get the job done. And the Lord tells him, go for yourself, Abram, for your own advantage, from your father's house to a land that I'll show you. In a nutshell, God is telling Abraham, I want you to leave your comfort zone. I want you to go leave your, what you're familiar with. All your life. You know, Abram came from an idol-worshipping family. That's, did you know that Abraham was an idol-worshipper? But God called him out of that. He was a pagan, the Bible says. But God called him out of that, and he made a world shaker out of him. Hallelujah. He says, I will... Make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Now, how many of you have declared this? Especially in our generation, we did it a lot. I'm sure we all understand this statement I'm about to make. You know, the blessings of Abraham are mine. How many can say, yeah, you've been claiming blessings of Abraham. You say, yeah, I, all the, I claim all the blessings of Abraham. Amen. You, you know, you've been doing it, right? But I'll tell you something. I learned this from my spiritual father, Jerry Savelle. I give him due respect in this, that I learned this. It stuck with me. He says, if you're claiming the blessings of Abraham, you should also accept the call of Abraham. The call of Abraham was to be a blessing. In fact, the key to the blessing of Abraham is to be a blessing. You hear that? Notice how it works. Everything, you know, in, the, in our generation where he talks about you, you. You know, I said this, you know, uh, you know, I make the statement that, you know, a lot of times we sing what we call worship songs these days. And the, the center of the focus of the Song is I, 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 I. And we call that worship. If you are the center of the worship, you're not God. And that's not worship. 
If it's not about Jesus, you're not worshiping. You're worshiping you. Are you with me? But he said, if you want the blessing of Abraham. Now, I'm going to tell you what the blessing of Abraham is. Now, I consider myself a prosperity message, prosperity preacher. And I don't make any qualms about it. Because I know what the prosperity. See, I can't help anybody if I'm not prosperous. I don't get it why. This just always amazes me. I never get this. Why people have a problem with the prosperity message and prosperity preachers. You know, they say, well, you know, God didn't want you to, you know, be rich. They think rich is a bad four-letter word. But let me ask you something. How many poor people can you help when you don't have anything? But here's what I want to tell you. Glory to God. I want to tell you this. Prosperity is not about you. 99% 99% of prosperity is about other people. Through you. I know that. that uh, it's not about me. <laughs> now listen, I'm serious about this. I'm giving you the key to having a crazy abundant life. Okay? When your life becomes when your prosperity when your vision becomes God's vision everything will be added to you and God tells Abram I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed I love what translation in the Amplified Bible says. It says, I will bless those who confer happiness and blessings upon you. So that's why I always say, you know, I said, if you want happiness, confer it on me. And I tell you what, you will be blessed. I say that boldly because when God called me into the ministry, he used the example of Abraham to call me. And I've followed, I've been really, the, the, the message of Abraham, the life of Abraham has been really dear near to my heart. That I saw him as a really a radical missionary. Going to places where no man has ever gone before. Glory to God. So Abram departed, he says. The moment he heard it, he departed. He didn't sit there and try to calculate whether he can make it or not. He heard from heaven. See, that's why once we hear from heaven, it's over. Okay? So if you want the blessing of Abraham, my suggestion to you is this. Accept the call of Abraham. Hallelujah. Look at this in chapter 24, verse 1. It says, and Abraham was old. And advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Notice this. That's what you want your testimony to be like. Cameron was old and advanced in age. He's around 120 years old. And God had blessed Cameron with a hot mama. And all kind of goods to be a blessing to the nations. <laughs> so this is the craziest mission message I've ever heard. <laughs> but I wanna, I'm, I'm trying to get you to see that truly God wants to do something with your life. And regardless of what you have walked through. He wants to come Through you. In the name of Jesus. Now I remember I shared this. um, When God called me into ministry. Where I stepped out of business world. Into full time ministry. The word he used to confirm what he was speaking to me. The Lord said this to me. He says Cameron are you willing to give me your dream for my dream? See if the spirit. If Jesus shows up to you. And tells you are you willing to give me your dream for my dream. Are you willing to do that? 
But somebody says, yeah, if he shows up and do that, yeah, I would. He's here right now. Are you willing to give me your dream for my dream? I mean, I was at a place where I had arrived at the beginning of my dream a year and a half even earlier than my goal that I had set. But then God shows up, Cameron, are you willing to give me your dream for mine? And then he confirmed it with this word, faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call. That's Hebrews 11.8. And leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. The territory. See, God's got a territory with your name on it. Regardless of your background, regardless of your color, regardless of your upbringing, regardless of your age, God has a territory for you. And if everybody rises up and does their part as the body of Christ, not only he will nourish and cherish the body, his own body, he'll provide for it. But what happens is then those parts that are designed for you to take... Occupy until I come. When you do that part of it, then other people don't have to do your part. Glory to God. So he says, and this is a passion translation. He says, so he left with only a promise and without even knowing ahead of time where he was going. Abraham stepped out in faith. He lived by faith as an emigrant in his promised land as though it belonged to someone else. He journeyed through the land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob who were persuaded that they were also co-heirs of the same promise. See, this is a multi-generational calling. I love, I love it when I see Pastor Merrick and Linda's inheritance. Not only is their own biological kids, but look at you. Spiritual kids. That's what God is talking about. Amen. And then he says this. I love this. His eyes of faith were set on a city with unshakable foundations whose architect and builder is God himself. Do you want a life that God builds or do you want a life that you build? I'll tell you how that works. If you say, man, Pastor Cameron, I want that life that God builds. It is going to take faith on your part to trust him. I love what T.L. Osborne used to say. He says, when God created man, the way you speak, God said to man, I will always trust you. I want you to always trust me. That's where it all began. That's the gospel. Trust me. I will lead you. I provide for you. But I'll tell you how that works. It works by being a blessing. You have to set. The, you have that mindset of being a blessing. That means if you want to be blessed, you have to determine it up front. That you're going to be a blessing. And I'm not just talking about, well, come on, Lord, you know, I'll go ahead and bring my tithe to the church. Well, that's good. But what about all of it if he asks you? Your life. I preached the message years ago. I called it when your life becomes the seed. When your life, see, when your life becomes the seed, everything about you is about the kingdom. And you're willing to do whatever the master calls you to do. You don't question whether you're going to obey him or not. You say, yes, sir. So when the Lord says, are you willing to give me your dream for my dream? And then he confirmed it with this word. I said, yes, Lord. I sowed my biggest seed. And stepped out. Not knowing where I was going. But I was looking. I was expecting where the Lord was leading me. Hallelujah. So my question to you is today is this. Are you willing to give your life to Jesus and let him lead you? Really do that.
If he, you know, I said this, you know, some people say, well, I got kids, I got this. I, you know, there was a couple that went, uh, they, they were doctors. Both husband and wife were physicians. They left their practice. They came to Brother Jerry's Bible school. They went through the two years of training, eight kids. They went through their training, and then they packed up the whole family and moved to Africa. And they're still there. I'll call that, they're following the God plan. Now, somebody says, well, Ida, I mean, God hasn't spoken to me that way. My question to you is this. Are you listening? It's kind of like this. Let me just say it this way. If somebody's standing over here trying to get my attention, and I'm not even paying attention, how can I even find out what they're trying to say? But if I just kind of yield, just so I can have them in my peripheral vision, just a little bit, I could see that they're trying to hate this way. Are you with me? Are you open for God to take you on an adventure of faith? In 1995, when the Lord spoke that to me, I said, yes, Lord. I said, I'm willing, Lord. Now watch this. I'm going to read this to you in Romans chapter 4. Now read this, verse 1, out of the Message Bible to you, and I wrap it up with this. He says, so how do we fit what we know of Abraham, our first father in the faith, into this new way of looking at things? How do we fit it all into this thing? If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him, he could certainly have taken credit for it. But the story we're given, get this, is a God story, not an Abraham story. See, God wants to include you into his story. See, as long as the focus, the more I've grown in the Lord, you know, Pastor Linda, I say this, you look, you know, the more I'm growing in the Lord, the more I'm recognizing how it's not a, at all about me. It's about them. At first, when we come to the Lord, we think it's all about us. Why don't the pastor have me come on the platform? You see, all the ones that are laughing, they know exactly what I'm talking about, you know. But when the pastor tells them, okay, I want you to usher well, I got something to do today. Not this church, but, you know, I'm talking about that church that you were talking about earlier, you know. <laughs> but the story we are given is a God story, not an Abraham story. What we read in Scripture is this. Get this. Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, what God was doing for him, and that was the turning point. See, when you enter into what God is doing for you, that becomes your turning point in your heart. Glory to God. Today is your turning point. Today is where God wants to free you of yourself. And put you in more of his story. Where you grab a hold of what his story about you is all about. And I tell you. One of the fastest way I've learned. I say this sincerely. I've learned how to connect my heart to the kingdom of God. Is through my wallet. Somebody said, well, I knew that preacher is going to talk about money sooner or later. <laughs> yes, because you need to do what I'm telling you. Because I did it 25 years ago, 27 years ago, 30 years ago when I first came in here. See, if you want the adventures in faith, if you want the, the, the supernatural life, how many would like to live a supernatural life every single day? It's going to require faith on your part. And you know, money, get this, according to Luke chapter 16, money is the least in the kingdom of God. You know what the highest thing in the kingdom of God is? It's the anointing. 
God asks you to trust him with the least so he can give you the greatest. And when you have the anointing, you become unstoppable. You become un, uh, completely supernatural. Because the anointing will do something in your life that will cause everything to shift in your favor when you yield to the anointing. When the fire of God comes on your life, nothing remains the same. But all begins to, with the least. I remember when the first, I never forget this. When the first time the Lord said, the Lord said to me, he says, you know, I had just began to sow some seed. You know, I'd learned, I was getting the revelation of it. Sow some seed and everything like that. And one day the Lord says, I want you to sow $3,000 in. I was watching TBN. And he says, I want you to sow $3,000 into TBN. I said, my heart was coming out of my chest. I said, Lord, you know, I, you have to confirm this to me. And he'll confirm it. You know, how many of you ever watched TBN or the, some of these preachers? And they always say, okay, you know, God spoke to me about you know, a hundred people are going to give a thousand dollars. Always thousand dollars. Have you seen that? I hate that stuff. To be by the way, I really do. But whatever. But here's the thing. I'm watching this, and John Avanzini is on there. Okay, and John says, says the Lord just spoke to one of you, one of you, and you're questioning it. To sow $3,000. I said, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, within a minute from the moment the Lord said it to me, John said it. I'd never, never heard anybody else say something like that. But you know what? We, I saw that seed. Do you realize I've been airing on TBN, Farsi arm of TBN, for 18 years. Debt free. And I believe it's all tied to that one seed. That there's more seeds I've sown into TV ministries. But I'll tell you, I knew because of my obedience there, the anointing came. The favor came to open the door for a nation to receive the gospel through this young man right here. And the fastest growing church in the world is taking place right now in Iran as Pastor Merrick just expressed that. So my question to you is this. What about your life? What about your life? What about your life? What about your future? What about your destiny? I wrap it up with this one statement. The Lord spoke this to me last year. I began to get a really strong impulse in my spirit last year. Consistently. I'm not into eschatology. I mean, I believe it. Don't get me wrong. But that's not my message. If I want to listen to something like that, I go get Hilton Sutton's messages and watch those, right? But I kept getting these impressions on my heart about Jesus is coming back real soon. I mean, it was like just boom, 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 boom. These pulses coming into my spirit. Within like six months, I kept getting it. Boom, 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 boom. And I never forget what the Holy Spirit said to me. And this is a question he asked me to tell the church. And I'm proposing it to you. He says, Cameron, if you knew I was coming back in the next 10 years or less. And I really, I'm not trying to put time frame on it. I really believe we're that close. If you knew that I was coming back in the next 10 years or less. Would you do life differently? I'm going to let that settle. How would you do life? Would things change in your life? Would you drink a little less Starbucks and maybe send more money into missions? Somebody say, listen. Jesus is my Lord and Starbucks is my religion. Don't mess with my religion. <laughs> As they're twitching with coffee, <laughs> you know, <laughs> coffee withdrawal. <laughs> but listen, if sincerely, I want you to really hear the spirit, the, the spirit behind what I'm saying. 
if you knew he's coming back in the next 10 years or less. He asked me that. Would you do your life differently? That's a powerful question. I'd never, I mean, he brought me face to face with eternity. I want to pray for you. The heartbeat of the church, I love this, is nations. When you make it happen for other people, God will make it happen for you. That's what I've been preaching about. Be a blessing and God makes sure that you're blessed. So if I'm talking to you right now, you say, Pastor Cameron, I've got that the, there's like, there's a pull that's trying to pull you back. But you know that God's got a bigger plan for your life than the way you're operating right now. What you're doing with your life right now. If I'm talking to you, I want you to raise your hand up to heaven. He said, you're speaking to me right now. And I want us to take a moment as you, those that raised your hand up to heaven. And I want us really to consecrate ourselves. Jesus said, Lord, not my will. But your will be done. Not my will. Every day, we have to make that commitment to the Lord. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And that starts right where you're at. If you want to fulfill the plan of God for your life, it starts where you're at. You're in the right place that consistently casts vision. And you can participate. I've said this last service. Every American needs to make sure that they go on one mission trip at least once a year. One mission trip a year, at least. You know what? That'll keep you grounded. That'll keep you grateful. Because we are so blessed in this nation. And when you go out there and you see how blessed you are, you come back grateful. And you come back minister too, and you're ready to go again. So if I'm talking to you right now, I want you to jump up to your feet. Come up here. I want to pray a prayer of consecration with you right now. With you right now. Thank you once again for listening to World Harvest Church's podcast. World Harvest Church is pastored by Pastor Merrick and Linda Houghton in Roswell, Georgia. If you're interested in learning more about us, please visit our website at whcga.com. Like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing WHCGA into the search bar on both platforms. And we hope you have a blessed week.